Welcome to the Comic Sauce Podcast, where we talk comics and comics culture. Presented by Cape and Cowell Comics. I am Henry Liu, and today I am once again joined by Porfirio Rangel. Porfirio, how's it going? It's going good, Henry. It's a nice warm day in the Bay Area, and I love it. Yeah, yep, a beautiful spring day. Today is Sunday. March 31st, and indeed, it was a beautiful day, and um, we're going to just dive right into our main theme. Today, we're going to talk about the Umbrella Academy TV show, now available on Netflix. So this dropped not that long ago, right? Yeah. And uh, as always on Netflix, the full season was made available. There are 10 episodes. Each episode is about 45 minutes or so, yeah. You and I both watched the entire season, season one, and we're here to talk about it. Uh, So, as usual, we'll start off spoiler-free, and then we'll dive into spoilers, but not before we give our spoiler alert. So why don't we start with just kind of initial thoughts, how much you liked it, how much you didn't like it, and maybe we can go through some of the characters and some of the premise of the show. Um, There are a lot of characters, and um, the plot is fairly complex. Uh, So yeah, maybe we'll, we'll talk through that a bit yeah is that good yeah yeah i think we should just give like a rundown really fast though okay the characters. yeah yeah so um uh, maybe very first off though we could just get our respective takes on the show sure. how much did you like the umbrella academy prefer you i actually i really liked it i finished it like in three days actually oh wow really uh-huh. that's faster than some Marvel Netflix shows. So yeah, that's saying a lot. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, I really liked it. I was I was hooked on it right away. Um, and I was telling you earlier that I really wanted to go and explore and read the comics to ex- see how similar they were just because I really mm-hmm. love the show. Yeah. And I could not find that comic anywhere in San Francisco. I uh-huh. went to like six comic book shops and it was just sold out everywhere. Wow. Wow. Yeah, when you first mentioned that to me, I thought, oh, was it because it's just kind of an obscure title? But you're saying it's because the show has been popular and people have been buying yeah, the, the I, graphic novel. I think people have just been buying it. And I talked to two comic book owners uh-huh when i first got there i was like do you have any umbrella academy comics any <laughs> traits and they were like oh no um dark horse comics is actually like they they're like running back on the umbrella academy because it's so high in demand they're oh, kind wow. of behind and they hope to get some more trades out to comic book stores next week but right now it's kind of high on demand wow that's saying a lot that's something else um yeah i uh did catch a little bit of the comics there was a uh a free preview comic through comiXology so i read like i think the first 10 pages of issue one 
on my iPad, and uh, seems pretty cool. Um, hard to say how faithful the show is to the comic because, like I said, I just read like ten pages, uh, but it seems pretty faithful and seems to be in the spirit of the comic. Um, one thing I noticed right away is uh, the rumor character. They kind of race bended her. Like in the comics, she's a white girl, and in the show, she's a black girl. Oh, I didn't yeah, know that. Yeah, so, yeah, I did notice that. Um, so that's kind of cool. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we usually talk about, like, oh, how faithful is the show or the movie to the source material comics? And I don't think either of us can speak too much to that right now. Uh, so why don't we just talk about, like, yeah, our our take yeah. on the show. Yeah, mm-hmm. it sounds like you liked it a lot. I liked it a lot. What did okay. you think? You know, I liked it. I definitely didn't love it. And I definitely didn't like it as much as you from the sounds of it. And, um, you know, a good, uh, you know, uh supporting statement to that is that you finished the show in what three days and um i was kind of scrambling to finish it i just finished it today like this morning i just finished it so just in time basically um and um i have been fairly busy with stuff so that was part of me sort of lagging but you know there definitely were times where you know i was like Oh, I better get on watching this, right? Um, but I was like, yeah, kind of, yeah. I, I kind of dragged my feet a little bit, <clears throat> and I think that's sort of indicative that I wasn't like really, really into it. Not to say I didn't like it; I did like it, and uh, I think there's a lot of cool stuff in this show. Um, not a total, not a total home run for me, um, but uh, I recommend it. You know, it's it's a pretty unique and uh, entertaining show for sure. Okay, so let's talk about the premise of the show. This is kind of tough, I think. Um, You want to take a crack at describing what this show is Uh, exactly? So just think kind of like X-Men, but okay, so this is what happens. So and don't don't spoil anything yet, but just kind of a basic premise, like a setup. A basic premise is there's these group of children who are all born at the same time at on October 1st 1989 mm-hmm. and the strange thing is like before they were born like the women they weren't pregnant yeah. or anything they just kind of gave birth to this miracle right very baby. suddenly yeah uh, and this one billionaire he comes his name is Sir Reynold Hargreaves Reginald Hargreaves right yeah he just kind of comes and like buys all these kids mm-hmm. and they all turn to be turn out to be gifted and they all have a superpower and everything and then so that's like the premise and then jump forward to present day about 30 years later um they're all grown up living their own lives and everything and they're all kind of doing their own thing and their adopted father dies so they all come and reunite once again right that's a good setup that really is the setup of the show and again we're not spoiling anything because that really all happens in like the very beginning of episode one right yeah and um, i guess we should note that these seven children are you know 
an adoptive family, so they're not biologically related, um, but they are family, right? Mm-hmm. They are raised together. Um, and yes, there are seven of them, um, but a uh, qu- quick uh, correction, uh, there is one who apparently is not gifted. You know, there's six of seven who have superpowers, mm-hmm. right? Um, and the seventh named Vanya, uh, she apparently doesn't have any superpowers, interestingly, right? It gets a little more complicated than that <laughs> later as we find out. Uh, but uh, yeah, it appears that for some reason, one doesn't have any powers. Um, but basically, this group of six kids, they're the Umbrella Academy, and they're a group of uh, superhero kids, you know, led by this uh, this uh, Hargreaves guy, right? Um, so besides that, it's, it's kind of hard to describe what this show is. You mentioned X-Men. I really felt an X-Men vibe here. So it definitely has, like, the the team of young superheroes thing going right and their powers are kind of like the x-men powers right um so yeah like like some of them are almost one-to-one i felt like the character luther he was kind of like the colossus of the group Mm -hmm. and the character number five he was kind of like the nightcrawler of the group you know, um, similar power sets, right? Um, and um, yeah, definitely an X-Men vibe, not in just the fact that it's, you know, a group of superpowered young people, uh, but also some like X-Men storylines sort of, I kind of felt, you know, the influence there too, like the days of future past, storyline of x-men that 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 i was present the whole time i felt you know because yes there are time travel components to this show right um so yeah big time x-men influence i felt which is cool you know i, I almost felt like oh some of the show was like oh it's almost like the x-men done right <laughs> in a lot of ways you know like uh, in in some ways that the x-men films have failed in you know to a degree i think this show like kind made of up out, made up for it in yeah. a way like i did some of the movies right uh, so that was pretty cool um one person from the x-men universe was in it that's uh, right ellen that's page. right ellen page right she <laughs> played kitty pride in the x-men movies right uh-huh. um yeah exactly <laughs> more reason that it felt really kind of x-men-y um so yeah maybe we'll go through um some of the characters i already mentioned a couple um but yeah why don't we go through all seven hargreaves children you want to go through the list here sure so number one there's luther Mm -hmm. he's kind of like the leader of the group yeah kind of like the yeah like um his his power is he has super strength yeah um then number two there's diego Mm mm-hmm he his power is kind of like he he has the power to kind of like boomerang objects when he throws them like curve them yeah uh-huh. and he's like the hothead of the group yeah yeah uh-huh. he's uh a master with knives 
and he's a martial arts expert. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Number three, there's Allison. Mm-hmm. She grows up to be a movie star. Yep. Um, her power is she kind of can do whatever she wants just by saying like, "I heard a rumor." And yeah. And she just says whatever, and they're kind of like influenced by yeah, whatever. Yeah. It's almost like the Purple Man. I was going right? to say that. Yeah. 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 Uh-huh. The Purple Man or Jesse Custer from Preacher is mm-hmm. kind of like that Word of God superpower. Yeah. Yeah. Number four, there's Claus. He's mm-hmm. like this drunk or drug junkie yeah. of the family. Yeah. Um, his power is he could talk to the dead. Yes. Which he, that's why he becomes like a junkie because he kind of does it to numb himself from actually using his power because he hates it. Yeah, right, right, Uh exactly. Number five, he has no name. He's just called number five. Yeah. But he has the power to like teleport and time travel. That's right. That's right. So that's where he differs a bit from Nightcrawler because not only can he teleport, but he can also time travel. He also happens to be very lethal he's like an expert assassin too mm-hmm. right so he's he's very dangerous yeah his character's a little complicated we'll probably get into that a little bit later but uh, all of these characters are pretty complicated <laughs> but yeah five for sure uh-huh. yeah okay keep going number six there's ben his power is i don't know how to describe his power <laughs> how do you describe his power um he can turn into a monster i guess you can say uh-huh. <laughs> But basically, yeah, uh, tentacles, like, fly out of his body, and he can do massive damage with these giant tentacles. Uh And then number seven, there's Vanya. Mm -hmm. And like you said earlier, she doesn't have a power. She apparently doesn't have any uh powers. She is, like, the manager's assistant (laughs) to the team. Yeah, Uh yeah. And... um, you know, it's of course notable that she doesn't have powers, but maybe more notable the fact that the father kind of ignores her because she doesn't have powers, right? She's sort of um, an outcast. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like if, like when they were popular, there was like action figures and all that stuff, and she was always absent. Right. She is not among them. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay, so there's some uh, sub characters in the show too. Maybe we'll just go down those as well. You want to run those down? Sure. So the biggest two sub characters, Hazel and Cha Cha, mm-hmm. they're like, if you've seen the movie Looper, just think that. Oh like, yeah. So yeah. they kind of travel through time and just kind of kill anyone or anything that gets in the way with how the timeline is supposed to be affected right so they're like time travel hitchmen hitch people yeah yeah, yeah. that's the best way i, I, I guess so <laughs> and it it does set them up as the main villains initially right yeah. it seems like it's gonna be the umbrella academy versus hazel and cha-cha uh, that's what it seems like earlier early on and like we've been saying, um, things do change over the course of the show, but uh, that's how it's set up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's the family. There's the father, like we said, Sir Hag- Hargreaves. Oh, yeah, Sir, Sir, Har- Sir Reginald Hargreaves. Yeah. He's the father. He's kind of this domineering um, disciplinarian. Uh-huh. Yeah. And then there's the mother. Her name is Grace, but she is like... A robot. <laughs> yeah, she's <laughs> she, exactly. Uh-huh. Yeah, 
But she's a robot that takes care of them. She encourages them. She kind of has these human emotions yeah. that she shows. Oh, for sure. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. She's very caring. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's Pogo, the chimp. Mm-hmm. He's kind of like the butler to the family. Kind of yeah. like Alfred. Yeah, he is kind of like Alfred. <laughs> yeah, very much so. Uh-huh. Um, and then there's the handler of this group called the commission like we were saying like there's like this like time travel hitchman they're called the commission who right, kind of organizes right. this thing and she's kind of in charge yeah so she's basically the boss of hazel and cha-cha right uh-huh. yeah um and then there's our main villain leonard peabody aka harold jenkins or is he <laughs> well, th- this is a very uh, mysterious character. Yeah, Leonard Peabody. Um, who is he? What is he? What are his motivations? Um, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll talk to, about it more after we give the spoiler alert. But yeah, he's a pretty complicated character too. Mm-hmm. So yeah, those are our big characters. Yep, there we have it. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, I think we can give the spoiler alert now, right? I think so, yeah. Okay, spoiler alert. Here we go. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I mean, as long as we're talking about Leonard Peabody, um, maybe we can start there because uh, he is also known as Harold Jenkins, and um, he's a pretty mysterious character who at first seems like a super nice guy. He becomes friends with Vanya, and sort of encourages her to um, do more with her her uh, violinist career. To kind of get out get out of her low self esteem. Yeah, yeah. And um, over the course of the show, it really seems like this guy Leonard Peabody is going to be the main villain because it it turns out he he's kind of obsessed with the Umbrella Academy, right? He was also born on October 1st, 1989, um, but he was he had a traditional birth. It just coincidence, right? He was born that day. He didn't have superpowers, and he grew up obsessed with this family. And um, he becomes friends with Vanya, but he did it, like, on purpose. Like, he, he did it... Um, to influencer and his plot is basically to um, draw superpowers out of her and um, sort of be in control of her right yeah Yeah, I think I mean we don't know much about Leonard Mm -hmm. in the beginning but it isn't until like, to backtrack a little, the, um, you know, we, and when you first get introduced to these characters, you find out number five goes missing, and Ben dies, and this is, you're right, this is a really extremely complex plot. There's a lot going on here. But, um, so number five, he comes from the future, and he sh- tells, because he's a time traveler, and he says, yeah. like, oh, the world's going to end, whatever, and he finds out that it's this name, Harold Jenkins, that is like kind of like the biggest reason to why the world ends. 
Right. Yeah. Right. And so his mission is to kill Harold Jenkins, basically, right? Yeah. In order to, to stop the end of the world. Mm-hmm. That's what he thinks. Right? Exactly. Yeah. It's not quite exactly as simple as that, right? Mm-hmm. But that's his plan. And um, yeah, the, the number five character is very complicated because even though he was born on the same day as the rest of the Umbrella Academy, again, October 1st, 1989, he actually is a lot older because he's lived many, many years. I think in the present day of the show, he's like 58 years old, like I believe. That. Yeah. Uh-huh. So he's he's older. He's because he's done all this time travel. He's he's lived longer in other periods of time, and yet his appearance is that of a, a boy. Like I a don't 12 know, twelve year old boy. Like a twelve year old boy. <laughs> yeah. Um, so <laughs> it's it's a real mind bender. It's a total trip. And uh, I have to say, you know, before we get off this number five character, the actor who plays number five is amazing. Like this kid is. so super talented because he he sells it like he he looks like a 12 year old boy like you said um but i totally bought that he is someone who's lived on this planet for 58 years because he has that maturity to him and he has this presence you know and what a great performance and uh not an easy performance to pull off not you know not only the time travel and the like the maturity of the character and everything but the the complexity of the storylines and the, what he has to go through um yeah just just a phenomenal performance and um i think there are a lot of really strong performances in this show but this one was one of the best i thought mm-hmm. yeah um yeah maybe we can just kind of go through some of the characters that uh, are, are particularly notable because I, I think it's it's tough to just sort of talk through the plot of the show. It's it is really complicated, and um, it, it's almost like you have to really watch the show. I mean, it, it's it's kind of silly just to talk through it because it, <laughs> it kind of doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so for for the plot, I mean, I think it's worth watching. For the plot because it is uh it it, it is a pretty um rich and complex storyline um but yeah the the characters in the show some of them i thought were really fascinating the number five character we just mentioned very interesting um who else i really like the diego character also um like you said he's this hothead He's not the smartest guy. <laughs> I mean, he's he's very he's like a man of action, right? So when they're on a mission, like he feels the need to like jump through a window. Like there's a moment when they discover the door is open, but he he you know that's what he does, right? He jumps through windows, right? And uh, it's pretty cool. Like um, the the best fight choreography moments of this show are him. You know, like I said, he's. Uh, he's a martial arts expert. He's a knife expert, um, and he's got a lot of flashy moves. Um, but you know, in addition to all that, like the physicality of the role, um, there's this great uh, vulnerability to him too. You know, he's maybe the most—I um, don't know—like 
self-conscious of the group. He grew up with a stutter, and he really loves his mother. Um, and uh, he is... Uh, it almost explains why he's such a hothead and why he... he um, kind of overcompensates because he does have this sensitivity, this vulnerability within him. And mm-hmm. I thought it was another great performance and one of the best characters on the show, mm-hmm. for sure. What I liked about the show is kind of like the realistic value that it puts yeah, onto it. Yeah. Like, I feel like with the X-Men, there's like all these like mutants that have these powers and they all kind of live like this like glamorous life you know without having like living like a normal thing because i feel like with allison and claus it's totally seems normal what they would do like allison she kind of says in the show like if you had my powers you'd do the exact same thing because she's always like doing what she wants she uses them to her advantage whether or not it's a good thing like yeah um there's like this whole like custody battle of her with her child mm-hmm. and it's because of her using her powers on her child and it just makes sense to yeah how she would use her powers and then you have like someone like Klaus who doesn't like their superpowers and because of that he kind of turns to drugs to make them go away you know yeah yeah and so it's like he's not like trying to learn how to control it or anything mm-hmm. he just kind of like i don't want it like it's like a yeah. burden for him yeah and it's just kind of that's what i really liked about the show it was just kind of like realistic mm-hmm. about if people had superpowers would they really like feel like a superhero and want to help out others or would they kind of use it for themselves or just trying to suppress it or you know just a natural reaction to yeah. having these powers yeah, that's a really good point because on the surface level, this show seems very surreal and very not realistic, right? Um, you know, there's a lot of pretty cool effects and all this outlandish stuff, you know, time travel and it's very stylized, you know, a lot of style over substance in the show. But what it really boils down to is stuff we can connect and relate to you know um when you talk about um a guy who can speak to dead people it makes sense that he drinks and does drugs a lot because who would want to deal with that all the time right Mm -hmm. like there is some really scary scenes of him in his youth right Mm -hmm. where his dad would kind of force him in this dark room to like to, to see dead people and stuff mm-hmm. and they did freak him out he's just this young boy right um so he was traumatized and like i totally get it like shit i would i would do drugs too man <laughs> and then the, the stuff you mentioned about, about allison um so she has this power right she can basically make you do whatever she wants and as a mother um she she uses her power on her kid you know like um you know there's a scene where her her daughter is not willing to go to sleep right and um allison is like she's just like fed up with it so just she just uses her power and makes her daughter fall asleep and um it's pretty messed up but uh dude if i had that power i would totally 
do the exact same thing to my son. You know, there are some nights where I'm like, just go to fucking sleep, man. <laughs> and um, I wish I had that power, you know. Mm-hmm. So I, I can totally relate to it, you know. And all of the main, like, dramatic points of the show are things you can relate to, you know, like family, dealing with a family member. Like, there's a lot of family drama on this show. That's another aspect of the X-Men. You know, the X-Men are kind of this, like, um, uh, adoptive family, right? Mm -hmm. And they're kind of dealing with each other and there are a lot of there's a lot of infighting it's like it's, it's very similar here right um and it's all stuff we can relate to yeah like you know with all the superpowers and all that that's like a lot of spectacle but um the relationship between vanya and allison that's that's really relatable that's like in a lot of families right there's there's the child who is completely ignored by the parents and then the child who is like who is like you know more uh you know they're they're like the superstar Mm -hmm. right that's allison right She, she literally becomes like a famous actress right and there's all this like there's all this animosity from vanya to allison and there's all this guilt uh on allison for being like the favorite child right and that's that's like you know that's stuff a lot of people can relate to right and i think that's that's kind of ultimately why the show works you know it's these really human uh moments you know realistic moments for sure exactly yeah yeah um let's see you know, I, I mentioned the effects a bit. The effects are really awesome in this show. You know, this is a TV show, but it had, like, big-budget movie-type effects, you know? Um, and it wasn't just, like, the end of the show. Like, the finale of the show, you know, episode 10, definitely they, they you could see, like, a lot of money went into CGI and stuff for this big kind of grand spectacle finale. But all throughout, there was a lot of cool effects happening. I wanted to call out the Pogo character, the the butler chimp. I was going to say that, yeah. (laughs) Dude, he looked super realistic, you know. I don't know if they did, like, a motion capture thing, like Planet of the Apes or what. But, uh, yeah, the, the ape effects for Pogo were really great, you know. And, and he was, he was a, a bona fide character, you know. Like, he wasn't just like a, like a pet. He, 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 was, he was their butler who just happened to be a chimpanzee, you know. Um, so really great effects there. A pretty cool character. Um, yeah, I, I, I definitely noticed that. You know, like I mean, it's. <clears throat> I guess I shouldn't be surprised anymore with Netflix. Netflix has a lot of money and a lot of clout, so they can put money into shows like this. Um, but I, I was definitely blown away. You know, it felt like I was watching a pretty big budget movie all throughout, like all ten episodes. It never felt cheap at all. You know, even the even the Marvel Netflix shows at times it felt like oh, you know, oh they. They save some money here. I mean, because you kind of compare it to the Marvel Studios, right? Yeah. And it's just it's it's much different. But with this show, it's surprising. It's it's not a well-known comic series, um, but clearly they they had some budget behind mm-hmm. this show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
I really like the music in the show. Mm-hmm. I was a big fan. Um, okay, yeah. I yeah, like from the opening scene, there was just so many. It played the mood, and it was a fun mood. Mm-hmm. There, even though it was like something serious, like they were running running away from like Cha Cha and Hazel. Yeah, um, and they were like shooting guns or something. There's I don't know some fun, poppy <laughs> song playing in the background that just kind of yeah. makes it like, you just can't have fun with it and stuff. Yeah, there was a lot of pop music played throughout, and it was very prominent. Mm-hmm. Um, to me, maybe too prominent because I felt the music was almost a bit intrusive. Like you, you really noticed the music. It was never like a background sort of thing like the music was in the foreground yeah you know it was really kind of in your face and um it, it was used pretty uniquely you know like um yes the music fit the scenes like you're saying um uh but uh it, I, maybe it was just it was just kind of too in your face like the, the music was loud and it was it was meant to be heard and Oftentimes, it, I felt it was meant to be like, like oh, like you should think about the, the music in contrast to the images you're saying, seeing, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was different, you know. It, it, it definitely, you know, I celebrate the, you know, the, the, the risk taken there because it is, yeah, it's a little different. But to me, it was kind of jarring. Like, I was like, um, kind of taken away from the images a little bit because the music was so prominent and in your face. Um, I don't want to hate on it too much because um, I tend to like stylized stuff. And I, I, I would prefer that shows and movies do take risks rather than just playing it safe. Um, but th- this is a risk that I felt like didn't quite work as well for me. I thought a little bit about what we talked about before. Um, remember when we reviewed the Cloak and Dagger mm-hmm. series, season one? And I think both of us were kind of put off by the music there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do think, like what you're saying, the music is better in Umbrella Academy. But similarly, I think both of the shows... The music is almost is too prominent. <laughs> it's like too in your face. Maybe they just need to dial the volume down a little or something. Um, but uh, it wasn't. It wasn't like the best thing for me. I'll just leave it at that. Mm-hmm. So we're kind of rambling, but uh, <laughs> what else? Uh, what else you got on this show? Any other thoughts, Perfurio? On this show, well. Now that we're kind of in the spoiler territory, yeah, we haven't talked about, I guess, the biggest surprise of the show, Vanya. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, so let's go back to that thread. So we started off by saying, in the setup, it appeared that Hazel and Cha-Cha were the villains in the show. Come to find that wasn't the case, and it appeared that Leonard Peabody was the villain of the show. Like, he was, like, the main mission. He was, like, the reason the Umbrella Academy reunited to save the world. They needed to stop Leonard Peabody, right? That's what it seemed like. Mm -hmm. And in a way, it was, but in a way, it wasn't because in the very end, it was Vanya who was 
the the person to stop, mm-hmm. right? Because it turns out that she does have superpowers, and and not only that, but she is she's the most powerful of the group and very unstable, uh, so very very dangerous. She's like think like Dark Phoenix of yeah, Jean Grey. I was thinking like that. the most powerful person, but there's like this alter ego kind of controlling her that yeah. she just kind of loses control of her own self dark phoenix that's a great comparison because she really is like that you know initially it appears she doesn't have powers and she thinks she doesn't have powers come to find she does have this telekinesis ability kind of like jean gray marvel girl right Mm -hmm. and then her powers develop and then she becomes super powerful and super unstable very much like the dark phoenix uh-huh. right so yeah really similar there it, it's very interesting because her father knew about her powers and tried to help her train her yeah but even he was like no she's very dangerous we have to like um we have to control you and so he tries like giving her drugs to kind of subduce those powers yeah and you know even Allison kind of knew about this. Oh, she definitely knew. Because uh, the father told Allison to to tell her sister to kind of forget about her yeah. superpowers that yeah. make her believe that she was just a regular person. Mm-hmm. And um, so Vanya goes through her whole life without learning, without knowing that she has superpowers. She's always taking this medication because she thinks it's for like her anxiety or something. Yeah. And it wasn't until like Leonard Peabody comes along. It's like you don't need those. Like you you feel you'll feel better without them and it's you find out later because he wants to he wants her to um use those powers right and he's like he does all this manipulative stuff to make her use her powers like he Mm -hmm. hires people to beat him up so she could like lose control of her emotions and unleash her superpowers yeah yep yep and it's like he went to like lengths to make her use her superpowers yeah. And at the end, she just kind of turns out to be the villain. She hurts her sister, Allison. Yeah. And the rest of the academy. And it's just, it's crazy. Yeah. It's very intense at the end. It, it's a great ending to the season because um, it's this kind of cool action, visual effects extravaganza. But all of that character development that was done throughout the season it all builds up to to that end right so when we find out that allison used her powers to um make vanya forget that she had superpowers and to make her think she's not special at all you know that that there, there's a lot of weight there, right? She she carries that guilt. You know, it explains why she was so nice to her earlier in the season, right? It's sort of like they hadn't seen each other for a while, and they didn't really hang out much when they were kids. But all of a sudden, like, Allison is super nice to Vanya, right? You realize why. She's super guilty about what mm-hmm. she did to her, you know? And, you know, and when Vanya finds out everything that happened she's super upset and of course she would be right and i think she says at one point like you ruined my life 
and and like i totally understand that you know if you lived your whole life like everyone being talked down being talked down to from everyone closest to to you your father your siblings like you're not special we're special you're not special sit on the sidelines and don't do it just shut up you know don't do anything um and to know that you were essentially the most powerful the most special of them all and you were being suppressed like that like yeah that was a powerful scene when she just lashed out at allison and practically kills her um yeah very emotional and um all of these characters go through a pretty heavy emotional character arc right that does sort of culminate at the very end so yeah very powerful especially like at the end where like you know like luther and diego they kind of like agree to be like to stop vanya they have to kill her yeah, yeah. and allison you know she's like it's not her fault like, even though she's yeah. the one who's gotten the hurt the most from vanya she's like she, she's she's doing anything in her power to kind of like protect her and mm-hmm not blame her and not kill her you know yeah and i think at the end like number even number five believes that like it's because of vanya that the apocalypse happens right so at the end the umbrella academy kind of like have to decide like is killing vanya would that stop the apocalypse from happening like that's their sister yeah yeah Uh, can you emotionally do it yeah stuff so it's very heavy it's It's very heavy Uh yeah yeah it's cool you know it's like it has this trope of you know these superheroes needing to come together and fight as a team to save the world it has that but it has this other thing going on with the family drama like in order to save the world they have to kill their sister and you know they're all dealing with all these emotion you know about like what do we do and each individual member has kind of a different take on what what they think and what they want to do and it's really cool it's really cool like um the diego character has this cool arc where you know we're talking about he's like this man of action and very hot-headed and he has a close friend that is killed by hazel and cha-cha and he's He's all about revenge. Like, basically, the whole season, he just wants to kill these people for mm-hmm. killing his friend, right? Um, and there's this kind of cool character moment at the end of the season where he has the opportunity to fulfill his revenge, right? He can kill the killer of his friend, but uh, he realizes that it it kind of would do him no good, right there's there's really no sense to it and it really is sort of in line with what we're talking about with does the umbrella academy have to kill vanya in order to save the world you know and it does really culminate in this single moment where allison has the opportunity to kill her sister vanya in order to save the world and um you know it's a big moment, right? Does mm-hmm. she do it? Does she do, does she not do it? Um, yeah. What what actually happened is kind of interesting, right? So she um, has a gun drawn to Vanya's head, like she's behind her, so Vanya has no idea she's there, and she can just pull the trigger and it's over, right? But she decides to like just shoot like 
right next to her ear <laughs> and um which like like which like breaks it, her concentration it will it will completely incapacitates yeah. her right mm-hmm. um and causes her to like shoot her power like away from the earth <laughs> It's hard to explain, but it seemed like that was the right move because she didn't kill her sister, but this um this like ultra powerful energy bolt shoots out of Vanya and it seemed like that would have like hit the earth and caused the earth's destruction. Um but instead it shoots like heads into outer space, right? Seemingly saving the world. But I guess it didn't because it hits the moon and then this giant moon rock comes to the to to the earth and and it still causes the apocalypse (laughs) so (laughs) wait what did you think of the very end i mean that was super wild like i I don't think i'm doing a great job describing it here but uh, what i'm saying is what seemed like a great move like vanya was incapacitated but she wasn't killed and uh, the apocalypse was averted but the energy bolt instead of hitting the earth it hit the moon and that causes giant moon rock to shoot from the moon to the earth, and that caused the apocalypse, right? Mm-hmm. So the end of the world still came, nevertheless. And the very last thing we see is number five gathering his family and teleporting the whole team to who knows where, saving the family, but not averting the apocalypse. Right. Yeah. What, are, what are your thoughts on that that ending there? I didn't like it. I hated that. <laughs> it's like a cliffhanger, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. cliffhanger is one thing. Um, you know, I mean, Infinity War, that's a cliffhanger. That's true. Uh-huh. But this one, it just, yeah, it's a cliffhanger, but it still didn't feel, I don't know, completed. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of uh, questions uh-huh. after it, right? There was just so many questions about, like, how did the first apocalypse start? Yeah. Like, yeah, sure, Vanya and um, Leonard had something to do with it, but they didn't explain how. And I don't know. There's just so many questions I felt like that could have been answered. Like, Ben, he died. How did he die? Um, then, I don't know. There's, oh, yeah. just, there's just a lot of questions I had that I felt like could have been answered. Yeah. And they might be explored in Season 2 if it gets renewed. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Yeah. Um, but I just was not satisfied with the finale. Okay. Now, like I said, the last thing we see is number five, teleporting the whole team to safety away from the apocalypse. Do you think that he teleported them to an earlier time in order to once again try to stop the apocalypse or do you think it was just like let's get out of here and we'll go, we'll get to safety and they aren't planning to like avert the apocalypse again they're just it was just to get us to safety you know i think i think they were trying to i think he was time traveling into like an earlier timeline so you think uh-huh. they still are going to take a crack at stopping the apocalypse i I think so okay Uh i think they were gonna try to make it so like they're more like accepting the second way around with vanya yeah because the whole reason vanya went off on them is because she felt betrayed yeah by her family yeah and because they feared her and were 
afraid of what she can do. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think maybe the second time around, they kind of like talk sense into their younger, like one day self. Yeah. And just be like, give her a chance. Like she's your sister. Um, kind of give that whole speech again. Like, um, don't don't think that she can. She's gonna hurt you or whatever. Like mm-hmm. accept her. Don't push her out. You yeah. know. Yeah. Yeah, I I, th- I think that as well, that it wasn't simply, let's just teleport away from here to save ourselves. I think there's a plan here. You know, they want to save the world. I think they're, they're going to try again. That's my take. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I think we're getting close to final thoughts. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing I wanted to bring up that I did like a lot um, I feel like the creators of the show really love donuts, and I love donuts very much. <laughs> so I appreciated that. Uh, there's a character uh, named Agnes. She's the donut lady. Uh, basically, the uh, the character Hazel, one of the hitmen, uh, he falls in love with her, and um, they want to go away and. Uh, make donuts together <laughs> but uh th- there's there's just some dialogue in this show that um i can tell i mean at least one of the writers is a huge donut fan and i appreciate that <laughs> i just <laughs> i just wanted to say that um kind of cool um yeah any any last thoughts uh final things you want to say about umbrella academy i liked it i i would definitely recommend it um, mm-hmm. Especially now that the Marvel Netflix shows are canceled, mm. this is definitely a show to check out. It was really fun. It's complex, so don't have it on as background noise. Kind of, you have to kind of pay attention to the small details and everything. But it was fun. I liked it. Cool. Should we rate him? Um, yeah. Well. I guess we could rate it, sure. Um, but before we do that, I just want to make a few comments. I think, you know, like I said, I, I I did like the show, but I didn't love it. And I would say that, you know, I'll give it a recommendation, but it's sort of like um, with some caveats, you know. Like, I don't think this show is for everyone. It's it's pretty different, you know. It, it's yeah. I definitely agree with you. It's not your typical superhero show. If you're like expecting something like <clears throat> X-Men, like we've been comparing, yeah, it, it's not like that. Yeah, it's sort of like it, it's like it's it's X-Men, but it's a lot more than X-Men, mm-hmm. <laughs> and it might turn off someone who is expecting like a pretty straightforward X-Men type story. Um, but if you're looking for like X-Men with a twist you know this might be the show for you you know it's very stylized like that could be a little off-putting i think you know a lot of people watching the show might feel like it's overly stylized like it's too artsy fartsy or something i could see that happening i i was almost kind of turned off by that in a way um and it's fairly extreme it's pretty violent um, it's definitely adult oriented. You brought up Marvel Netflix. Um, yeah, in that vein, you know, not as violent as the most violent 
Marvel Netflix stuff like The Punisher and some of the most uh, graphic Daredevil episodes. But it's definitely a violent show. Um, it's it gets pretty intense at times. Um, so I think yeah, the audience maybe is a little bit narrow. It's not a a general audience type show. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, I think for you, Perfurio, and I think for a lot of people who dig this kind of thing, again, maybe kind of a narrow audience, but if if it's worth a look because I think if if it if it resonates with you, you'll really love it. You know, I, I could see that. I, I, and I'm not saying I loved it, but I could see like just aspects of this show about like, oh wow, like there's nothing quite like this. And you know, I, I dig the X Men, but man, this digs a lot deeper mm-hmm. than your typical X Men story, right? If you love solving puzzles, this is definitely a movie because <laughs> yeah. or a show because, like we said, it's so complex that you're just kind of like, what is happening? What what's gonna happen next? Who is this? Like, yeah. And I think that's why I really love the show because after every episode, I was like, one more episode, one more episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you know, you brought up a good point. It's it's kind of like expect the unexpected. You know, like for me, it was a bit hit or miss. It took some risks that I wasn't super hot on sometimes. But ultimately, you know, as I watched it, it's like, oh, man, I wasn't expecting this or I wasn't expecting that. So there are plot twists and there's like the use of music, the use of effects and uh, like stylized fight choreography and and just like uh, interesting set designs and interesting costume designs. Um, it kind of threw all this really kind of weird and different stuff at you. Um, so yeah, you know, I think it's, it's worth watching on that basis alone in a lot of ways, you know? Uh, so cool. Yeah. Um, okay. So did you want to rate, uh, this show? What's your Mm -hmm. rating for Umbrella Academy? Rating? Like I said, I would recommend it. So out of 10, I would give it an eight. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna give it a six. Yeah, we always have that skill. It's like <laughs> you're always like two points down. Yeah, I'm always two points under. Uh, Not always, but very commonly, I'm two points and under. And yes, usually we're like, even though we have the same critiques or anything, I don't know. You always give like two points. It, it's yeah. almost always like that for some reason. Uh-huh. Although in this case, it feels a little more right because I think uh-huh. you legitimately did like this mm-hmm. more than me. Um, but again, we're both giving it a recommendation yeah. and, um, yeah, again, I would, I would kind of give the warning of like, it might not be for you, <laughs> but like, if it is for you, that's cool. Like, I think, <laughs> I think if you like it, you'll really like it, you know, um, not that I say, not to say that I really liked it, but yeah, I, I could see this really resonating with some people. Um, other things I want to br- other things I wanted to bring up real quick is um, a very diverse cast. I think the representation in the show is really excellent. Um, yeah, you talk about a, a diverse cast, people of color, people of different ages, um, a chimpanzee character. <laughs> I mean, there literally is like someone for anyone uh with this show right yeah it was definitely a diverse family you know yeah you yeah have, mm-hmm. like we didn't 
talk about their diversity, yeah, their yeah, ethnicity. But I mean, you got race, gender, sexual orientation. Yeah. Um, it's cool. Yeah, it is cool, and I'm, I'm glad we, you know, made a note of that. And um, on that note, I thought that um, the the Asian kid of the family, Ben. ben. Uh-huh kind of got the shaft because uh he is killed off pretty early in his life right and i'm like oh great the one asian kid in the family is dead and he's not going to be a part of this team up well you know what he actually is because through klaus he does help uh, the team at the end yeah because klaus essentially discovers this power where not only can he speak to the to the dead but he can um, utilize their powers it's complicated but um yeah, i don't understand it. yeah uh, basically ben through klaus is able to help the team and it's really cool you know it's like oh shit i i had i had like written him off like oh he's the dead kid like he's the guy everyone's sad about but we won't see him and we won't see him uh do anything for the team later but you know that changed so again um, unexpected stuff and that all was very cool mm-hmm. okay with that we can wrap up the episode this is farewell from Porfirio and Henry